What's up, people? <laughs> Welcome back to Redo. I'm your host. <sighs> your host is in pain today because I went a little too aggressive with the back roller the other night because, like, my back was just like hurting. And I was like, you know, I really need to, like, roll this out again. I did it, like, the day or two before. But I was like, I need to just do this again. And, of course, I was going way too hard with it. Ooh. If anyone has had a rib out of place before or a couple of ribs out of place, you know how it goes, right? You just know. Like... The second that those fuckers pop out, it's just, like, excruciating pain. It's, like, I can't even describe it. It's just so painful because you feel it wrap all the way around. Because your ribs go all the way around your fucking body. And for some reason, the ones on my right side always always tend to pop out every single time they've popped out it's always i don't it's always been the right side like i think i had one time where i had one on the left side pop out but other than that it's always the right side i have no fucking idea why it's just the way it goes and I don't even know how to get comfortable on this bed right now because I'm leaning on my right side, which I shouldn't be. But <laughs> it's just, I'm hurting. I'm, <laughs> I went to the chiropractor today and let me just say, like, you know, like if you've been going to a chiropractor, you know, like, when you get on the table and they, like, make a noise. Like, they look at you. They look at you, right? And they're, like, they make a noise that is not a pleasant noise. Like, oh, fuck. Like, this looks bad or wrong or, like, what did you do type of thing. I gotta change sides. I'm sorry. And, um... got on the table and he goes oh <laughs> like the worst noise right it's like great like what now like what is the issue like I know they're out but like I didn't expect him to like he didn't even touch me yet like he wasn't doing anything I just laid on the table and he glanced at my back and he made that god awful noise like and i'm like what is going on and he was like yeah that right side is really swollen compared to the left side he's like i can just see it he's like that's really inflamed and i was like that's why i'm here <laughs> oh my gosh i like can't get comfortable isn't that the worst like you get in bed and it's just like you can't cuz i need to put the phone Somewhere where it's stable so the audio isn't butchering, butchered. Anyway.
Okay, I think I got it now. This is like the worst. So anyway, he has a pretty narrow table compared to what I'm used to. So he had to try to pop them in because he said it looked like I had a couple out. He had to try to pop them in a couple times. I heard a few pops a couple times. It wasn't like an aggressive um, pop, what I'm used to, like with my other chiropractor. Like when I had a rib out, he would just like bang that shit back in. And, um, but the problem is he, well, this place has really like tiny ass tables, like the big wider tables. He told me the table that he wants is like 15 grand. And I was like, dude, you better like get that money or something. Cause like you can't fucking do these, you know, adjustments. Like this thing is too narrow, you know? And he was, like, breaking his hand trying to do it. Like, he was like, this is hurting my hand. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But, I don't know. He's not the main guy there. There's another guy. It's basically his place, his practice. But he's only there, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I go back Friday. And he's like, if you need to come in again, like, before that. And I'm like, um... I'm in pain. Like, I don't think you should be trying to push these ribs in, like, more than twice a week. Like, and you know how it goes, right? When I'm saying this, like, everybody's had a rib out of place. But if, you, if you've if you had a rib out of place, you go and, you know, they, they push it back in. And um, then it hurts. It hurts for, like, a solid... Probably three, three days. Three days to, like, a week. Like, I'm dead serious. It's so sore. Like, when I touch it, oh my god, it hurts so bad. You know. And, um... This was even worse because he was like, I don't even know if they went in. Like, he didn't even know if they went in. He, like, didn't... He thought it was a couple. But... I was like, I heard it pop, and he's like, well, I heard another one pop, and I'm like, well, I don't know exactly. I'm just telling you it hurts, you know, and it was very hard for him to push them back in. He's like, usually when people have ribs out, it's like in the center of the back, and yours is like off to the side, like on the edge of, you know, your back, and I'm like, yeah, that's really like, they always pop out. It's just not an easy spot to adjust if you don't have a big table. And, uh, yeah, I gave him a run for his money today. I don't think he was expecting that. He's probably like, easy day, and then I come in like, oh, um, by the way, I completely butchered the right side of my body. Like, but yeah. Um,. Let's start out with the obvious. I didn't post that YouTube video. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get it done. This is my problem. Like, I'll edit a YouTube video, right? I'll edit a YouTube video. 
I'll edit for a couple hours straight one night. I'll be on the grind. And then if I don't finish it that night, it'll sit. It will sit for weeks and months. And then I'll be like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and then it won't go up. This is what happened, you know, the last time I tried to post a video. It never went up. Because I started editing it, and then I got tired of editing it, and then I didn't want to do it again. And if I don't finish it, like, in the same time frame, which is kind of impossible, because I'd have to sit there for, like, the whole day. If I don't finish it within within the day, I'm, like, out for the count. Like, I don't want to be bothered with it. And that's what happened. And basically, it's still sitting, like, in my camera roll, and the edited part is still sitting in iMovie, and I just haven't touched it since. So, I don't know. I'm probably going to think about it for a bit. And then decide, like, if it's something I even want to put out. I might refilm it because I just don't really like it. But. <sighs> I'm just not sure at this point. Like. I'm, like, watching a string right now up in the air. And I don't know what it is. I think it's like dust or something. But it's blowing because the air turned on. And I just see it and I'm like, uh, what is that? Anyway. So. What do I want to talk about? Friday. I am very excited. I am so excited for Friday, you guys. I am like ecstatic right now. I am just so ready to see this Michael J. Fox documentary. Like, I've been waiting patiently for months. And I know I talked about it in the last episode, so... But it still hasn't come out, so I'm still waiting. And I cannot wait, literally. And he did an interview on the CBS Sunday morning show a couple days ago. Um, I wish it was longer. It was like eight minutes long. But he probably can't sit and do, like, interviews for that long without taking, like, mass- massive amounts of uh, medication, I'm sure, to, like, stop shaking. But he can't completely stop. But he posted a clip of it yesterday. And I was fucking shocked. I was shocked. I knew that he was he had like no money and he was gonna have to go back to Canada if he didn't get family ties but I didn't realize like no money meant like no money like when people say oh yeah like I I don't have money you go oh no they have money they just don't have a lot of it or they don't have enough of you know what they see fit like a lot of 
decent amount of money. Like, everyone kind of has that in their brain, like, what they consider, like, a good amount of money, I guess. And this video blew me the fuck away. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. Like, I'm not prepared. Like, I already know. Like, this is just going to be crazy. So this, like, 50-second clip that he posted was basically him saying, the producer said, so you're running out of money. And he goes... Um, running out of money is generous. He said, I had no money. And he said he was taking, you know, um, IHOP, they have those packs of jelly or jam, you know, that you put like, are jelly and jam the same thing? I guess. But he said jam and I said jelly. Anyway those packets you know they give you like on the table and stuff um or that are just left on the table he was going to IHOP and taking the packets to eat like as a meal like So when he said he really didn't have any money, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, he, like, he had some money, but, like, you know, he needed more. He had, like, no money. And I just kind of went, kind of, like, took a step back. I had to, like, pause the video, and I was like, did he really just say he used to take jam packets from IHOP to eat? Like, I had had to really pause and think about that, and I just went, like, whoa. I just, like, I couldn't believe it. I was just now expecting to hear that. Like, that was really shocked me. Um, And... Then the producer was like, well, what was the expectation? Like, and he said, well, the expectation was I was going to go back to Canada and I was going to work at my brother's, like, construction sites because he did construction. You know, and I was going to work on sites. Um, I think he said something like picking up nails or something or something with nails. He's like, yeah, I was going to go back and just do construction with my brother. And then he said, but I still had a chip and a chair. And the producer said, what? Like, he, he literally said, what? And Michael said, you know, a chip in a chair. Like when you when you when you play poker, all you need to be in the game is a chip and a chair. And he said, "So I still had a chip and a chair, so I was still in the game." 
like mind blown right now. Is this the title of this episode? Honestly, I might, I literally might do that. Because, first of all, when he first said it, I didn't understand. I was like, what do you mean a chip in a chair? Like, and I had to watch it a couple times and I was like, oh, poker, like a poker, like, cause I'm not, I don't really know much about poker, but I was like, what does this have to do? And he, he said he was still in the game, like the game of wanting to be an actor, like not wanting to surrender and go back to Canada, you know, wanting to find that thing that put him on the map and made him be able to stay in the U.S. because he was not a U.S. citizen. I actually don't know if he even is now. Um, he must be, but I have no idea. Um, he, well, what happened was he probably, when he got married, he probably got a, a visa from getting married to um, Tracy. But, not that that's important to the story, but I was just off on a tangent there. Um... He explained before that I've watched a lot of his interviews because <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, he was only allowed to be in the U.S. for like acting. It was like a talent visa or something. So he had to have like acting jobs or he couldn't stay. And it was like running out or something. And he was like out of money. He said he like couldn't pay the landlord. He didn't have money for food. There was nothing, and he said also in that clip, he said, I was going to have to walk to the airport, meaning, like, he didn't have enough money to get a taxi. And you're thinking this is, like, 1980-one-ish, maybe 1980, because Family Ties came out in 82, so... And you're thinking, well, how how much did, you know, there must have been, like, a dime that, you know, to get a cab in 1980 or whatever. He didn't even have that. He said he was, he was like, I was going to have to walk to the airport to go back home. And I just had to sit and think about that, man. I mean, there's something I've noticed with him. He has a lot of very good analogies. And I don't know if, like, he comes up with them. Like, this is something I really want to know. Does he come up with them or does he hear them from somewhere? Or, like, like did somebody tell him these? Or, like, is he coming up with them? Like, I really want to know because he always has the has these, like, really deep analogies. Like, he'll say some crazy shit and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? And then he says it and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, that made so much sense. Like, where did you come up with that? Like, the fact that the producer didn't even know what he was saying, I was like, wait, so, like, okay, I relate on that level because I didn't either. And, um, he said he was finding, like, pennies and dimes. I don't know if he said on the street or he was finding them random places and that's what he was living off of. Like, which was nothing, you know? But he said, I still had a chair. I still had a chip and a chair. And I was still in the game. 
And that just, like, that was, like, my brain exploded. I was like, whoa. You know? And, um, the caption. Also, who writes his captions? Like, is he sitting there? I mean, he must be. He must be sitting there writing out his captions. Or he's telling someone what to write. But either way, it's coming from him, I'm sure. The caption was, Without IHOP, there would be no Michael J. Fox. And when I read that before I watched the video, I'm like, what does IHOP have to do with him? Like, And it was like, survival. And my head, my head didn't go there, obviously. I was thinking like, oh, you know, oh. I don't even know what I was thinking. But I wasn't thinking, oh, those little, you know, jam packets were meals for him when he had no money. Like, my head was not going there at all. But I just thought that was very fascinating. And I'll have to, like, break, I'll have to watch this documentary a couple times and, like, break it down and talk about it if people are interested. But literally. And then there's another thing I really want to know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things I want to know. If I ever got to meet him. These are, like, my list of questions, okay? Well, the first one, I guess, is what I just said earlier, which was. Where do you hear these, like, crazy analogies that you use, okay? Then another one is, was it weird to sit there and be interviewed um, for a documentary, but you're not playing a character? You're just Michael. You're just telling your story. You're not playing somebody else. But I want to know if it was odd for him to sit there and talk to a camera and he's not acting. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, every single thing that he's been in, he's playing somebody else. And now he gets to sit there and just be himself. Like, there's no script. You know, there's nothing. It's just... You know, like, where were you born? How did you... Like, questions about him. Which must be odd. I mean, I think, anyway. For an actor to sit there and do a documentary on themselves. And, you know, it's on themselves. Like, I really probably think that might have been odd for him. Because he's always playing somebody else. You know? Even when they're interviewing, like, when I've seen interview clips of him, it's always about a movie or a TV show. It's always about the character, the script, the director, you know, the storyline, the success of the movie. It's all about what he was in. It's not never about him. Um... And I found that interesting. And I, I really want to know if that was weird for him to sit there. And I mean, I'll probably have more to say on this when I watch the documentary. But I really want to know, like, was that odd? Because there's actors that are so 
dominant on screen, like so extroverted, you know, and then in real life, they're introverted, like they're quiet, like when they sit there and do interviews, you're like, who is this person? Like, they were so, you know, outgoing and crazy in this film or this TV show, and they're so like, calm and like shy in real life, like as a person, and there's people that are like that. I'm not saying Michael's like that. I think he, I don't know if he's still extroverted, but when he was younger, I could tell in his interviews, he was there. He like, you know, there were times where I felt like he was kind of shy, but other times where he was, you know, very outgoing and charming and witty and everything like that. Like he plays, you know, in his characters. But yeah, I was just wondering if it was odd for him to do that. And then, let's see here. What's another question? I have to, like, write a list. Like, questions to ask Michael J. Fox if you ever run into him. I think I said this in the last episode, but I probably just start crying. So I probably have to, like, just collect myself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, because, let me put it this way, I'd be crying because, so take, take family ties for instance, right? That show... I watched at a point in my life a couple months ago where a lot was going wrong. Like, and I mean a lot. I had a family member who moved in and, like, had just moved out around this time who came in and fucked up my whole life, basically. Um used me I felt just like I don't really know how to even describe it but I just felt like dirt like I felt like wow like I felt just used taken advantage of I guess um around the same time I ended up having to quit my job and I was going I was going through it at my job Like, probably, I mean, for months, honestly, for months before I quit. But the last, like, month I was there, like, I just, I was, like, distraught. Like, between the job, the family member, and then we had to put down Toby. And putting him down I mean I was I felt like I was in another like dimension I guess like I wasn't in my body I was so in a haze like I didn't remember things I was like I was like what is wrong like I've never been this upset like I didn't understand what was going on Like, I really thought, like, I had, like, serious, like, 
depression or something. And it was the mix of like those three things. Plus still having to live in that apartment for months after. And, you know, kind of reliving things every day because you're still in the same space. And uh, that was really difficult for me. Um, a lot of family drama. Um, just, it was a really shitty time. And Family Ties was like, like my escape. Like, it's like a different, like you leave your problems you know, when you hit play, the problems disappear. You're transported back 40 years ago when life was completely different. And you're just watching a show. And it's just... I don't even know how to describe it. I need to turn my lights off real quick because I still have this light and it's blinding me. That's better. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just so, it's such a well-written, funny informative, educational, charming, witty, like, one of the best shows I've ever watched in my life. It was just so ahead of its time. It was so well-written. The cast was phenomenal. Their comedic timing, it's just brilliant. I mean, the concepts and the plots and the storylines and everything kind of meshed just perfect that show is just magic I mean I don't even know another way to describe it but it's like it's just fucking hilarious and it's real and it's like not every episode is funny you know and that's what I that's what I don't really sometimes don't like about sitcoms because it's like all about comedy and it's all about the gag and it's all about setting up the jokes which don't get me wrong I enjoy but I want a little diversity and I want ups and downs because I want to watch real life that's not my own, you know? And there was episodes where they, like, sad, sad concepts. Like, things that made you afraid and, like, but stuff you related to. And Michael's character... He's, I don't even know how to, like, put it into words. I really don't. You honestly just have to watch it. Um, it's like, I don't even know how I would even tell him. It's just, he, he was just so so funny and like there's just something about him 
that was so enjoyable. Like, every every movie that he's ever been in or TV show, anything he's been in, you just, like, you just feel so happy. Like, it's just, like, pure joy watching him. It's like you're taken out of everything. And, I mean, he's just fantastic. Like, I can't even... Like, you see how I can't even formulate what I'm saying? Like, I know what I'm saying, but... It's difficult to put into words because I can't even really... Articulate. That's a big word. I can't even articulate... How fantastic and how, like... Just... I've never seen anybody act the way he acts. Like, it's something so unique and different, and, like, it's just fucking hilarious, man. That character is so deep. Like, Alex, he's so deep. Like, you think you have him figured out, and then you just, it's, like, a completely different thing. Like, the next episode, and that's another different thing, and it's, like, whoa, you know, like, I thought this guy was super egotistical and like I know it all but like that's the outer persona and that's like the persona that he thought he had to keep up with and portray because he always felt the need to you know achieve and be successful and that's what he viewed success as But deep down, it's like, you know, so much love for his siblings and, like, so much love for his parents and, like, for people he cared about in general and friends and, like, if you crossed a line, like, you were going to hear about it, you know, like, and if things were important to his family or his friends, like, he'd, you know, do anything like for them and that relationship with Mallory I mean it's just so I've never really seen a sibling relationship like that on TV like there's TV shows that have tried to portray it but not like not like they did it's something that I've never really seen done and never seen like done again the most perfect way that they did it And it was so realistic. Like, they bicker. Like, they bicker constantly. But they adored each other. They loved each other. Like, it's so hard to even put into words that relationship that they had. And... That show, I mean, it got me through it, man. It was like, like, that. that's what I was excited to see. Um, every night. You know, like, taken away from what I was in. Same with Back to the Future. Like, it's... 
it's another freaking world. And like, on the topic of Back to the Future, I had heard, I heard about it for so many years and I just never got the chance to watch it. I never really saw it on TV, like playing. Or I just never like watched it. I don't know. I was I was young, you know. And when I finally watched it, the light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, "Oh!" And I had to watch it a few. I haven't seen it that many times. I've seen kind of bits and pieces, like more than once, because it's I've seen it on TV a couple times, um, and. I can't remember. Did I watch Back to the Future before I watched Family Ties? I believe so. Yes. Um, I might have watched them hand in hand. But I believe I, I did watch Back to the Future before I started Family Ties. Like, I watched the first one. Before. Or the first two. Because I think I watched... I watched part one, part one, the first one and part two on the same day. And then the next day I watched part three. Yeah. So, and I was like, what's the hype about this? Like, Back to the Future movie. Like, I don't, like, what's it, like, why are people so... just obsessed with it and then I watched it and I kind of I put myself back well it's not possible but like I put myself I tried to put myself in the mindset of like okay it's 1985 you know think about what's available and what's not at the time okay think about like these crazy freaking cars, DeLoreans, that only like 9,000 were made. Then you had the whole DeLorean, um, John DeLorean, uh, long trial. So everybody knows the car. Everybody knows like kind of the rise and fall of John DeLorean. That's a whole other story, but you had that going on. You didn't have cell phones. When movies came out, you went to the movie theater to see them, right? Like, this was a whole other world, you know? And, um, I think about the concept of time travel and film in, like, the 80s, and it wasn't done. It wasn't done, like... And this concept, it's just so crazy that, like, you can't even, like, ma- like fathom that these movies were actually made. Because I know the story of all that because I watched all the behind-the-scenes stuff. But the stuff they went through to make these movies, you all really should watch. Because it's batshit crazy. Like, <laughs> basically... Bob Zemeckis and 
um, Bob, uh, what's his last name? Gail or Do- I can't remember what the other guy's last name is. Basically, we're pitching a movie about incest, right? They go to Disney, and Disney's like, we can't do this, right? Universal falls into it because they ended up trying to sign with Columbia, but the head guy there was leaving, right? But he knew he was leaving and go to Universal. So he passed on it there because he wanted that, he wanted Back to the Future. And uh, then he became head of Universal and he was like, yeah, this is why I passed to Columbia because I wanted, I wanted to be a part of it. And I knew it was coming here. Then you have the long saga of trying to find who's going to play Marty. And of course, they wanted Michael. Like, Steven Spielberg wanted him. Like, isn't that fucking bananas? But at the time... Steven was struggling. He had all these movies um, that weren't landing. They just weren't doing well. And, uh... But he was doing Family Ties, so they were like, we can't... You know... We can't get him. So... They had a whole other guy playing Marty for, like... I think it was like the first six weeks or something. Um, it was a while. It was a while. And it wasn't working. Like, the, he was playing it too serious. I think I talked about this in the last episode. Sorry. But anyway, they ended up getting rid of him. And uh, they did also have another guy before him, but people don't talk about him, but there was another guy before that kid. And then they ended up working out the deal with Michael and stuff. And, uh, but can you imagine, like, if somebody else played Marty? Like, it's just like, what? Like, in a way, Michael is Marty. He's half Marty, half Alex. He always will be, too. He's going to be forever set in time and set in stone as those characters and that's every actor's dream you know to like be remembered for your whole life for one movie you did like that's bananas i mean back to the future is almost 40 years old Four zero forty. 40 family ties turned 40 last year so, it's just bananas. And you got guys, old guys, going and buying DeLoreans and turning them into time machines. Like, old, we're talking old men. And old men that have, like, the merchandise and all of these crazy-ass collections. It's bananas. It's crazy. People that have... The cars from the movies, because there was like seven of them that they used. And, um, it's nuts, man. And when I try to put myself back there, I go, whoa. 
like, I mean, trying to think of a world, but I, I'm in that generation where, like, smartphones, like, weren't around until I was maybe 10, somewhere around there. So I, like, lived through the time where, like, my parents had pagers, you know what I'm talking about? Like, those fucking things. And then the time where there was, like, nothing, like, people just weren't using shit. And, like, where you had to, like, pull out a map. Like, I remember going on road trips and, like, my parents had a map. Like, they would unwrap the whole thing and the thing would be huge, you know. And they'd be looking at the map to go places, right? Kids nowadays don't know about that at all. You know, we had that fucking uh, phone that hung on the wall in our kitchen with the spiral fucking cord, you know. Um, we had a house phone, the landline that people don't even have anymore. Kids now don't even know what that is. Kids now don't know what CDs are, DVDs. Like, that breaks my heart because that was my whole childhood. And, like, life was simple back then, you know. And I remember my parents having flip phones. And all they did was call on those things. That's it. You didn't sit around on it. You didn't text because you couldn't fucking see the, you know, you had to pay for every single call back then. You'd get like the, your um, bill and it would show all the calls and shit. Um, yeah, they both had flip phones for a really long time. And then like, you know, I was pre-iPhone. So I can kind of put myself back there, not totally, because, like, the internet was around, but the internet was not obviously, like, what it is now, you know? Like, it was, like, bare minimum shit. Like, you opened it, and it was, like, internet. Like, it had the browser. That was it. Like, nothing else was on it, (laughs) you know? Um, You would turn on the computer by... Pressing the button on the floor, you know, with your, with your foot. That was the best, though. Um, it was just a different time. And I tried to put myself back there, like, what would I would have thought if I grew up in 1985 watching a time travel movie? I mean, you would have been flabbergasted. You would have been, like... What? Like, and this concept is crazy. Like, boy goes back in time. Mother falls in love with him. Goes to the same high school. He has to try to get them back together. So that he will exist in the future. And it's just like, what? Like, in 85, it must have been like, what do you mean? Like, that's unheard of, you know? Um... And, like, I mean, I go nuts over cars now. I can't imagine. It's 1985. I go to a movie theater because you had to go to a movie theater to see a movie. And seeing that shot of that DeLorean coming out of the back of that truck, wheeled down and the smoke's coming off of it and the music is, like, you know, crazy. And you see Michael's reaction when he's squatting on the, on the mall. 
the Twin Pines Mall parking lot and he's slowly rising up looking at it as it's coming out of the oh, oh my god it gets me all jazzed up can you tell I like sat up out of bed I literally was like yo that scene and the way he plays them I mean it's just so fucking it's like no one else has that face of like wonder that he has that's what i'd want to ask him like what are you thinking about like every single thing he's been in he has that face like i don't know what it is but it's like it's just perfect it's like exactly what they wanted too because it's like the focus wasn't like, oh my god, I'm so scared, you know, I just time-traveled back to 1955. It's like, no, like, I time-traveled back to 1955. And this is fucking amazing. And I'm confused a little bit, but holy bananas, like, look around, you know, like, look where we are. And, like, You can watch it and be like, there's no introduction to these characters. There's no, how do they know each other? There's no, you know, why the time machine's just kind of thrown in, right? That's the magic, though. That's why it works, you see. Because you're just transported into another fucking world. It's like... <sighs> there's no trilogy like it. It's pure magic, and I just love at the time that they didn't know, they had no idea that it was going to be what it is. Like, there's interviews where I've watched him, and he's like, well, if it does well, or I hope it does well, I hope it does okay. What? Like... It's like the most well-known movie ever made. And you think about it, it's a crazy fucking concept. It's so, like, outlandish and doesn't make sense. But in a way, it's so crazy that it makes sense. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but... <sighs> I like movies that bring me in another world. I'm like that. Like, I love Tim Burton. He's one of my favorite directors. Like, oh, I would kill to sit in a fucking room with him and be like, "What? Why? Why'd you do this shot? Or what does this mean? Or like, you know, why'd you choose this for this and this and the other?" Like, I'd just fucking ask him about everything he's ever made. Like. Oh my god. I love a director, man. Steven Spielberg. I saw him on a magazine in Publix the other day. I went fucking nuts. I was like, Steven Spielberg's on a magazine? Like, I picked it up and started flipping through the pages as I was in line, like, waiting to check out with these fucking groceries. And I'm reading the fucking... Oh my god. That man is fucking iconic. I love him. And to think about... Like, I... 
It's Steven Spielberg, Tim Burton, and who's another director that I... Well, I mean, Bob Zemeckis. Fucking love that guy. John Hughes, underrated for real. Underrated. Come on, Breakfast Club? Oh my god. I still have to watch Pretty in Pink. I'm gonna watch that, like, soon. And, like, Sixteen Candles, I have to watch those. But, oh my god. Like, when I first watched that movie, I was like, why Why are we, like, what is, like, what is the point of this movie, you know? Why are we in one room, though, like, the whole movie? But it's like, no, it's like, it's the script, it's the lessons, it's... I love shit like that, man. Oh my god, I watched Willy Wonka today because it was on. I, well, not all of it, but like probably the middle to the end of it. Oh my god. I know like every fucking line he says in that movie, June Wilder, another fucking legend. Oh my god. Um, one of the best actors to walk this earth. Um... I was distraught when he died. I remember. Um, I was so upset. Like, he was just fucking brilliant. He was brilliant. And the way that he played Willy Wonka, I mean, like, and he's, he's gonna, he's gonna be known for that forever. There's gonna be people in a hundred years still watching that movie. Being like, yeah, Gene Wilder. He's Willy Wonka. Like, and he always will be. No one else. I mean, Johnny Depp too. Johnny, I, don't get me wrong. I fucking love that movie. But you have to understand, like, the significance of the original. You always have to. Like, I didn't even realize the amount of parallels that are in the Back to the Future movies. Like, there's specific scenes that are the same fucking, like, movement and shot and lines that relate to other movies, like, other parts of the different movies. Like, it's, oh my god. It's so good, it's written so well. Same, like, the Willy Wonka movies, like, movie, I mean. Well, there's parallels in those, too. There's always parallels in sequels. And you have to find them. That's what's so fun. And... The script in the original Willy Wonka movie, because I looked it up because... I literally had lines memorized, but, like, I'm a nerd, so, like... I want to know, where did these lines originate from? Why are these lines so batshit crazy? I know they mean something. A lot of them are from Shakespeare. That's what I found out in my research. Like, a lot of them are from Shakespeare. And I was like, it sounded like they were, but I wasn't sure. And, um, they are. Just the way they do things. Like, the end of the movie, where they're in Wonka's office, and everything is cut in half. And... You're like, what the f- like, why? Like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, this seems weird, this scene. Like, why would they do that? 
It's because the director... Oh my god, I fucking forget his name. He... Like... You couldn't go through... He said you couldn't go through the factory. The whole movie, you're going through this crazy factory, right? You got Wonka speaking in Japanese, citing Shakespeare, riding on a bike, the whole nine yards, right? You go through this amazing fantastic world of the factory right we can't have the last scene in a regular office he was like it doesn't make sense he's like so you're telling me we go through this whole factory and we get to Wonka's office and it looks like a regular office he's like Wonka's office wouldn't look like a regular office and that's what I fucking love about directors and that's why like I fucking wish I could be a director like Oh my god, it would be my joy in life to sit around a table with, like, the most well-known directors and just fucking talk to them and ask them questions. Oh my god, I'd be in heaven. Like, I'd be writing this shit down, I'd be recording it, like, I'd be documenting that shit. Keeping a record. Like, I wanna know, you know? So that's why he decided everything in the office... We're going to cut it in half. Everything's going to be in half. And when I tell you everything in the fucking office is cut in half. When he holds up the paper. When he's reading the contract to Charlie. When he says he, you know, stole fizzy lifting drinks so he doesn't get the factory. Before, you know, Charlie gives him back the, um, gobstopper for the test with Slugworth. When he's reading the contract, he picks up the piece of paper, which is gotten off the contract, and the magnifying glass that he's using to read the paper is cut in half. Everything's cut in half from the clock to like the, the plate on his desk, the desk itself, the chair, like everything is, it is perfect. It's done so fucking well. But that's why I love researching stuff about movies because. I want to know, like, what the fuck does this mean, you know? And it's because that's what Wonka's office would be. Like, you wouldn't walk into a normal office. It would be wacky and crazy, just like his personality and his mind. And, like, everything's cut in half. It's perfect. It was done so fucking well. And... Ugh, so good. Like, he will always be Willy Wonka. Like, and I heard he did not like the Tim Burton remake, which made me sad, but I understood it because it's so different from the original. And it must be hard when, like, you've given a face to a character, you've given the character its identity. You were the first to do it. You're the one that's known for the character. Like, you made the character from the ground up, and then someone comes in and, like, does another version of it. That must be kind of hard. A hard pill to swallow, I think. Because even if you adore Johnny Depp, like, his character take is so different. You know? But Johnny was like, I'm not coming into, like do a better version of what Gene did 
I'm not trying to, you know, upshow him or be better than him. I'm just trying to give a different take and give my take of what I think, you know, would be the best manga, you know. And that's really respectable because, you know, actors sometimes can get a big head and they're like, no, like, I want to do it better than this actor. Um, and it's like, no, I just want to, I just want to do my take. You know, like when Jenna Ortega played Wednesday, she didn't compare herself to, um, ugh, I'm blanking on her name, but the girl that played Wednesday, she didn't compare her. She didn't try to be her. She didn't try to do what she did. It was completely different, but it was still an, an O, like an homage to the original Wednesday Adams. I think that's very respectable. And, um, probably wrap up pretty soon, but there was one more thing I did want to talk about. I like to talk about things I've been listening to recently. I've been loving me, the Joe Rogan podcast recently, and I just want to shout it out and talk about it because it's fucking fantastic. And, um... I didn't really understand the hype. I was like, why are all these celebrities like, because all of them talk about the Joe Rogan podcast. It's like, you gotta listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. And finally, one day I was like, fine, you know, <laughs> I'll look it up on YouTube, see what's up, you know, see who's on it. And I just watched like the clips on YouTube. I haven't really listened to the whole like, podcast episodes and shit. But, guys, this shit will change your life. Like, <laughs> if you're into conspiracies, I'm talking aliens, okay? I'm talking, like, JFK assassination. I'm talking, like, um, anacondas. Like, are they or are they not in the Amazon? Like, crazy shit. Like, just stuff that I, I love. Jordan Podcast. Fantastic. It's so good. Oh my god. The stuff about, um, like, the lost technology and the pyramids in Egypt and, like, the first humans and the remains that they're finding and, like, all this batshit crazy stuff. Disclaimer, though. Some people that he has on are very, 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 very smart. So you might not understand what they're saying at first. Not to like degrade anybody. I just from my, from my perspective, like a person who does not have a degree in like science or math or you know whatever the thing is. Joe does such a good job at asking questions and telling them to be more simplified I guess in their responses he asks the right questions and he asks them the right way so that the people that are not on the same level as like Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about the Big Bang Theory um and all this crazy stuff in the multiverse and electrons and blah 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 Joe asks the right questions and he makes it sound more simple to somebody like me who knows nothing about space you know 
um, or geology. He's had a ton of geologists on talking about Egypt and Atlantis and like all this crazy shit. Stuff I don't know anything like geology about. Um, and he makes me understand it. Like I understand it when he's explaining like, you know, when he's asking questions to the people. Because he'll be like, what does that mean in simple terms? Can you explain that again? What well, does this relate to this? Blah, 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 blah. He asks the right questions. Um, so highly, 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 like, recommend. So good. That's what I've been listening to recently. Um, he's had some really, like, good people on. I know I'm late. I know this podcast has been around for, I know, at least, like, four years. Because videos have come up from that long ago. And don't get me wrong, I've heard of it. But I had never listened to it. I had seen... What actually happened was... I kept seeing clips of it come up on TikTok. I didn't even realize it was the Joe Rogan podcast at first. And I just kept listening and liking every video. Because the stuff they were talking about was so interesting. And... I was like, I need to like look this guy up on YouTube and see what he's talking about, you know? And I watched um, a couple today on when he talked about meeting Robin Williams. And that like hit a chord with me. Because... Robin Williams was somebody that I, I mean, grew up with, you know, um, just being like, uh, I've talked about him on here before, but it's been a long time, but I just thought I'd bring it up because I did watch Joe talk about meeting him and he came to his show at the improv, um, and he didn't realize it was him. Like, he he went to see him. Um, Robin went to see Joe's stand-up show. And uh, they were... He was doing meet and greets, you know? Meeting people. And Robin waited in line like everybody else waited his turn. And went up there and was, like, asking him about the bits and, like, saying what he really liked, you know, going on and on and on and on. And Joe said, you know, that he had on, like, a hat and he had a big fluffy, like, white beard and, like, he was talking to him, whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking and he went, oh, my God, this is Robin Williams. But he didn't recognize him the first couple of minutes they were talking. And his mind was just, like, blown, he said, because he was like, oh, my God, like, Robin, like, bought a ticket to come see me, like, everybody else, and, like, waited in line to meet me, like, everybody else, and, like, talked to me like a normal person, like everybody else, not like, I'm, you know, Robin Williams, the best in the business, and, like, this is what I didn't, I liked, or what I didn't like about your bits, and blah, 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 blah. And I thought that was fucking incredible. 
Like, oh my god. And I actually watched, speaking of rooms, I watched um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, I think it was last year? Last year? It might have been the year before. I watched it when I was still in Myrtle Beach for the first time. Oh my god. Fantastic movie. Fucking great, man. And I really want to watch all his other movies. Um. Oh my god. Like. I can't even. I just keep saying oh my god because that man was so. I mean, have you guys seen his fucking, like, stand-up? Um. From not that long ago. Um couple years before he, um, passed, uh, it's all over TikTok, like, if you look up, you know, I would really recommend it, um, look up, like, Robin Williams stand-up, um, or just under the hashtag, too, I mean, you'll get all his stuff, but, oh my god, he was... There was no one like him. Like, I know this is, like, common knowledge, but, oh my god, the guy, I mean, I can't even, like, again, I'm, like, flabbergasted, like, speechless, just thinking about, but that whole thing with Joe was just, you know, it was bittersweet. Because he was just so talented. Like, he was just so diverse. Like, he could he could be any character. He could flip-flop, like, constantly. I mean, the impressions he would do, the voices, like, nothing. No one... No one was on, like, his level of, like, comedy. Like, it's like, oh my god, I can't even. It makes me very sad. Because he was so brilliant. And, like, nobody knew, you know? Like, nobody knew that he was struggling, like, that bad, you know? Like, I remember, I remember distinctly when I had found out that he passed, and I was like, oh, he must have been sick. Like, I was like, or or it's a tragic accident. Like, that's where, that's where my mind went, you know? I was like, he must have had it, like, uh, does, which he, you know, he technically did, he, he was getting Alzheimer's, but, um, I was like, oh my god, like, what, what, you know, what tragic thing, like, what accident, you know, or what, and they said he hung himself, and I was just like, <sighs> it was just so devastating, like, I could I couldn't believe it. I was just 
in shock, you know. I was just... It's so sad. Not to, like, put a damper on the podcast and literally made me, like, start crying. I just... I think that was built up emotion from earlier when I watched the video. I watched it. And, uh, you know, that was tough. That really, I mean, that bothered me for a long time. Because he was like, you know, like, that's, that's, that's the genie from Aladdin. That's, that's F, that's, um, Teddy Roosevelt from Night at the Museum. That's. The teacher from Dead Poet Society. That's Mrs. Doubtfire. That's the guy from Good Morning Vietnam. That's the guy um, who played the alien. Um, you know, it's just like... I was... Yeah, I remember going to school... Um, after. And I think they made some kind of announcement about it somebody had brought it up and I don't remember I think it was the principal I don't really remember but there was some kind of announcement and I went to a very like strict Catholic school you know and um they had mentioned it I think I remember, I don't remember what, like, how it was said, but I just remember being like, whoa, you know, because, but I was like, everybody really knew and loved him. Like, there was not one person that didn't love Robin Williams. He was just something so special, and I feel like even though he had, he was getting, you know, dementia or I think I said Alzheimer's before I meant dementia is that the same thing probably not I believe he was he had he had dementia something like that it might have been Alzheimer's I don't know I don't want to like mess it up but he's just another one of those cases where it's like he had he had a lot more to give you know, even if his memory was, like, going, but that's what it was, because he was struggling for so long, but, like, his memory was, like, his acting, his stand-up, like, he had to remember all that, and even if he was struggling, like, he could still remember his acts and his lines and his bits and his jokes and all that, you know, and then, to like wake up one day and like not have the memory to do that stuff anymore that's probably what you know drove him to do that and it's just like it was probably that and like the combination of like being really famous you know But there wasn't one person that didn't love him. Like, 
and just that he left this earth in that way, it's just... And I remember 2014, um, he took his life, I think it was, I don't know if it was a couple of days or um, a couple of weeks before the Night at the Museum, the third one was coming out. And I remember going to the movie theater to see it I kind of like prepared myself because obviously I was not expecting him you know to die like like right before you know like I thought oh yeah like you're gonna go see Robin Williams like yay I love him you know and um I remember I believe I've talked about this in a podcast a long time ago, but I just wanted to bring it up again because they talked about it in Joe Rowan's podcast and I literally listened to it today. So, um, and it's an old clip. It's from like probably a couple months ago, maybe a year ago, but I saw it come up and, um, I remember going, seeing the movie loving it I was obsessed with that movie by the way the third one for a long time (laughs) like a long time I've seen that movie probably over a hundred times like when I was sick and I was at home and wasn't going to school like all of sophomore year like I was (laughs) and junior year but I remember watching it like constantly um because I had the biggest crush on Skylar Gaston and I still do to be honest um, he was so cute in that movie, and, um, it, it was the last movie that Robin was in, you know, and he had just taken his life, like, and I'm, t- I'm talking, like, days before, um, and I remember that last scene um, that him and Ben Stiller are together, and, um, they're talking or whatever in the, in the museum, and he's, you know, they're talking, whatever, and then he gets on the horse, and, um, well, he does this big speech with him, um, oh my gosh, the lines are failing me right now, I remember the last line, but I was trying to think of the lines he said before that, and, uh, then, um, the sun starts to come up, and, you know, when the sun came up, then everybody in the museum turned to wax, you know, and he scares him, and then he goes, smile, my boy, it's sunrise, and then he turns, and he turns into wax, And that was the last, the last line he ever said on film. And that stuck with me. And that still stuck, you know, sticks with me. Um, 
but he has this long speech he gave to Ben, and I kind of felt like it was like his goodbye, you know, like he wasn't just giving it to Ben Stiller's character in the Night at the Museum, he was giving it to everybody. And I remember at the end of the movie, it hit me like a ton of bricks because at the end of the movie, it said, in loving memory, or, or something like that, of Robin Williams. And it still says that, by the way. Like, when you... It's on the credits. Like, when you watch it, if you were to rent it, it says that at the end. And I remember people in the theater, like, standing up. And, like, giving a standing ovation. I kind of looked around at everybody. And people were, like, in tears, like, that's why I love film, and I love actors, and I, and I love, you know, directors, and because it's moments like that, like, he had just died, he had just died, and the world was shocked, and people were so upset, and you could go to see him in the last movie he was in, and feel like he was still there, that's why film is so important, you know, because people die, you know, like Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder died in 2016, Robin Williams in 2014, um, just like actors and actresses that will always be alive because they're always going to be alive on screen you know people will always know who they are and I mean Robin's remembered for a million different characters you know he's not just Teddy Roosevelt but that's one he's very much known for and I mean that's going to stick with his name and his legacy forever because that was the last movie he was in you know, I'm, I'm blanking right now on what the lines were, it was like a TikTok audio that I saw going around, um, I'm gonna have to look it up, because it's gonna drive me nuts, hang on a sec, yeah, I literally started crying from that because I'm a wimp, but I I was taken back to 2014 and I just realized the next year he's going to be gone 10 years. And that's just fucking bananas to me because I remember when he literally just passed away and I remember going to that theater and like having that experience with everybody. I mean, that place was sold out. There was not like a seat open. People were there to see him. Like, and I remember people stood the fuck up. Like, and you think this is like a kid's movie, but it's like, no. Like, it was more than that. Anyway. Hold on. Night at the museum. Last scene. I cannot for the life of me remember. 
Yeah, Night at the Museum, Robin Williams. I just want to see some type. Oof, the audio cut off when I opened up YouTube. And watching that scene again, um, not helping me stop crying. Because, like, what? And I haven't seen that scene in a couple years. And I'm just like, ooh. Um, so he was saying, you know, you've done a good job with, with, uh, Nick, his, um, son, you've done, you've done your job. And, um, then he says, it's time for your next adventure. And Ben Stiller says, yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow. And he says, how exciting. And then that's when it gets... On the horse and uh, says, smile, my boy, at sunrise. And the top comment on the YouTube video was like, um, that last line was like him telling us not to cry for him. As I'm crying for him right now. Not to cry for him. He's happy now. And, uh, Yeah. It's it's a powerful scene. Um, I, yeah. So anyway, watch Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that movie's fantastic, man. I, I mean, he was great as that character. He really embodied it. He was great. Um, but yeah, that top comment, man, just hit me hard. <laughs> Clearly everything's hitting me hard. I just got off my period the other day. So maybe that's why. I'm so emotional for, like, no reason. <laughs> well, there is a reason. He meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to a lot of people. And, uh... You know, everybody grew up with Aladdin. Everybody grew up with Aladdin. You know. A lot of people watched Dead Poets Society in English class. I was one of them. I don't remember if we ever finished it, but I just remember being like, wow, Robin is killing it in this movie. Like, he's fantastic. Um, but I definitely want to watch it, like, again, like, watch the whole thing, because I don't think we ever finished it, and I remember being like, shit, this is a good movie. Um, yeah. He's fantastic. So I'd really recommend, if people haven't seen his stand-up, get on it because it's fucking hilarious um but yeah Night the Museum the third one that movie that's always gonna hold a special place in my heart because that was his last movie and the timing was just so it was it was abrupt and it was like just sad man but I mean, the, I looked around, I remember looking around at the movie theater, and I was expecting to, like, see a bunch of kids, you know? But it was, like, kids with their parents, like, parents were, like, standing up, 
you know. And it's like, yeah, because they grew up with him. My mom watched him all the time on the, the uh, show he did in the 70s where he was that alien from... I forget his name and I forget the name of the show, but... <sighs> yeah. Um, she talks about Good Morning Vietnam a lot, too, that he was fantastic in that movie. I have to watch that movie as well. Um, but yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire was fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I really recommend Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh my god, it's so good. Like, y'all need to watch, for real. Like, there's stuff on there that, I mean, the stuff they talk about is, like, the stuff that I'm interested in. Like, I love all that shit. So, I don't know if it's everybody's cup of tea, but there's such a variety on there that I think anybody would find it enjoyable. So, just my opinion, anyway. Well, I need to go blow my nose. Because I was crying. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate you being here. And sorry if I damper on the mood, but... I get super attached to actors. I don't know if you can tell. Actors and musicians. I am super fucking attached to them. Um, And, uh... But there's a couple that I'm like... I was very, very attached as a kid, and Robin was one of them. I mean, I feel like he was like that with for everybody. But, yeah, the timing of all that was just really powerful, you know. And that was almost ten years ago now, but I remember being young and knowing, like, how important, like, he was. And, like, you know, that a lot was going to be missing without him. But I remember hearing that talked about, like, on the school loudspeaker and being like, whoa, you know. Like, if they're talking about a celebrity in Catholic school, they're they're somebody to pay attention to. Like, and they're somebody important. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really sad. I hate that people, um, good, good people, uh, just, um, their lives get taken away from them, or they take away their life themselves sometimes, because it's too much. Also, I did want to touch on, watch the John Mulaney special, sorry, I know that's controversial, but I adore him, and... I had no idea that he had a drug problem for all those years. And, um, I know the divorce thing's really messy. And, uh, I know the whole thing with Lovia Mund and his son and he didn't want kids. I don't care about that. Like, everybody, everybody should just shut the fuck up. Mind your own business. People get divorced all the time. My parents are divorced. Marriage doesn't work out a lot of the time. You fall in love. A lot of times you fall out of love. That's the way it goes. Especially if you're 
a drug addict, you're not really thinking about your marriage. You're not you're not thinking about anything. You're thinking about drugs. That's all you're thinking about, you know. And uh, so I think everybody should just shut the fuck up and mind their own business. And like, you know, I'm not saying he treated Anna fantastic, you know, but you have to understand that when people are on drugs, they you know they treat everybody like shit. The only person they love and adore is their dealer. You know, it's just. That's the way it goes. Um, but I'm proud of him. I love him. Um, his special was fantastic. I watched it twice already. <laughs> um, you don't have to agree with the decisions he made, but honestly, anybody's fucking marriage is no one's fucking business. And if, you know, people get divorced every fucking day. And I don't get why people have to bash him for that. A lot of people say they don't. And the kid thing, too. It's a bunch of bullshit. You could be with one person and say you don't want kids. And then you meet another person and you're like, hey, I I would like a child with this person. You know, and when you get older, things change. They do. They really do. Um... And you want different things with different people. You know? And, uh... You know? You're a completely different person. On drugs and not on drugs. And the amount of drugs that he was on. Oh my god, I don't know how he's alive. And everybody should... I saw a TikTok. And it was like... Why are people so hung up on John Mulaney's divorce... When he, like, almost, when he was doing drugs, like, and he almost died, you know? Like, no one cares about that aspect. It's like, oh, how dare you divorce your wife, like, and have a kid with another woman? It should be like, no, like, I'm happy you're still fucking here because you could very well be dead with the amount of drugs that he was doing, you know? And, um, that's what people should be concerning themselves with not his fucking personal business like I don't get that you know and um you know I really recommend the special I also watched him on um a podcast I don't remember the guy's he's a comedian the guy um And I, let me be honest with you, I have not been listening to podcasts recently, like long ass podcasts, like sitting there listening to very, very, very long ones. And this one was like two hours long. Granted, it had a bunch of ads in it, so maybe it was like an hour and a half. But I watched the whole fucking thing. And he goes very in depth with the drugs and all that shit on there. Just look up John Mulaney podcasts on YouTube. It's literally the first video that comes up. If you're interested. I think watch the special and watch the podcast and get back to me. Because seriously, like, the poor guy was a drug addict for years and years and years. And people are focused on his divorce. And then he had a kid with Olivia Munn. Like, I just don't get that shit. Like, if you were really a fan of him, you'd be like, wow, I'm proud of you, John, for not being a drug addict anymore and getting help and, like, being happy, you know? 
realizing that your marriage was not fulfilling anymore. And, um... That's the way it goes. That's what people should be talking about. Not anything else. Which I just don't like. You know? And he is different. That's another thing I've been seeing. Everyone's saying, oh, he's different now. Yeah, because he's not fucking on drugs. Like, what? This was, like, hard-ass shit. Like, Xanax, Percocet, cocaine, Clonopin. And, um, there was one other one. Ugh, I'm blank. Adderall. Like, that's bananas. The fact that he felt like he had to take all those drugs to be at a certain level for people to perform a certain way, it's just, oh my god, it breaks my heart. Like, and I was watching him for years, too, and I had no fucking idea. Blew my mind. when When the news came out that he was in rehab, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, John Mulaney does drugs? Like, what? I had no fucking clue. And then you watch the old acts back and you go, oh. Yeah. I see this now, but back then it was like, oh, this is a joke. No, a lot of the jokes were based on his real life. But. Highly, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um recommend that podcast and I would love love to see John Mulaney if he ever comes to fucking Florida John Mulaney please come to Florida please I need to see you (laughs) and um oh here's my other announcement I'm going to see the Jones Brothers October 12th I am so fucking excited it's my 21st birthday present and I'm ecstatic, and, um, I haven't seen them since 2019, I have not been to a concert since 2019, since then, um, and I'm so fucking excited, and I had tickets for, like, last year or the year before, I didn't get to go, because it was in Tampa, and I didn't live here yet, and now I fucking live here, so let's fucking go, and I'm so fucking excited, and why do I keep cursing, I don't know. But I love them, and they're doing five albums, and I'm ecstatic. I finally get to see them. And I finally live, like, 40 minutes, not even. Like, from the biggest stadium in Tampa, so, like, and everybody comes here. So I'm ecstatic because I live right fucking here now. I don't have to drive hours. I don't have to drive to another state. Like, let's fucking go. I am so excited. I have good seats. And I'm ready for it to be October. (laughs) I love them. They were so good when I saw them. Oh my god. Five albums. I don't know how their voices are going to survive. I really don't. Do they like not talk all day? How are they going to do that? I don't know. They're Jones Brothers though. They do anything. They're crazy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say. After I've talked for like an hour and a half. Thank you guys for being here. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. If you want more content every day. I'm on TikTok. At Olivia M's MS Vlogs. Um, 
that's where I am on a day-to-day basis, pretty much. If you want content, and um, hopefully I'll put that YouTube video up soon, if I do. And um, guys, don't forget, Friday, May 12th, Apple TV+, Plus, Michael, Michael J. Fox documentary, just saying. Just saying, just saying. And uh, if I don't talk to you guys before then, we will talk about that documentary in the next episode. And we will geek out together. And cry. Like, <laughs> let's go. But yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And um, yeah, I'll talk to you in my next episode. Bye, guys.